Good morning, Sean. Good morning, John. Today we're going to talk about science and how science is used to in efforts to improve education, at least ostensibly that seems to be the goal or that's the, the rhetoric behind it, which already I've started off being too cynical. And <laughs> yeah, this is quick. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should say like the way science is uh, marketed yeah. and, and pr- improving Ex- yeah. education. Good. Yeah, I, I, I think, think that really gets to the heart of the matter. It's, it's Yeah, it does. It's really I mean, about we're market. we're yeah, cuz we're both we're both pro scientific thought. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the benefits that science can bring to different fields of knowledge. Of course, there's no doubt about that and we're not questioning that at all. Uh, but I'll start with a little story, right? That you it, it involves you, you're a character. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in this story. It's a it's real a real event which uh, maybe won't be surprising once everyone hears how banal the story is. <laughs> yes, yeah. Let's really build up this mundane. Yeah, this is what experience. I think I found that I'm I'm good at that, <laughs> uh, or bad, however you look at it. Um, so you and I were in professional development. In my memory, and you can correct me if anything I say doesn't jive, jive or jive. Oh, yeah. Doesn't correspond yes. to your. Yes, that's a. A question for me, too. Yeah, it doesn't correspond to your memory of the events. But this was before the start of the school year. And this happened more than once, like something similar to this. But there's one in particular that that I remember where we had professional development. So there were, you know, and this is typical, a typical practice. There were some days set aside before the school year starts where everyone, all the the teachers gathered together in the, you know, in the library. And we had some guest trainer come and train us on, you know, the newest and latest kind of approach that we should have to to teaching. And there was a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Handout. Yeah. <laughs> a packet. It was a workbook. Yeah. A packet or workbook. And on the cover, like it, you know, I don't remember anything else except that it said like, like in a kind of really enthusiastic way, backed by science, you know, yeah. or based on science or something like that. And you and I, we both had a similar reaction. We were uh, sitting next to each other in the training, which was, you know, cynicism, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is typical. This is the typical mode for teachers, I think, in professional development anyway. So, <laughs> but especially yeah. this, this was even more sort of seemed like uh, manipulative and, you know, just a marketing ploy. And right. um, so we want to talk about that and, and explore this idea of educational practices and theory being backed by science. Yeah. And we want to clear our conscience for our laughter so that we can move on and uh, maybe yes. actually <laughs> benefit from something that is backed by science. Right, right. So we're not just perpetually cynical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, we don't want to stay in this state, right? Like. <laughs> <clears throat> Also, this will give us a chance to clarify something that you've, you and I have been discussing um, offline, <laughs> as they say, which is that we are a little bit um, or a lot sensitive to the idea that, that listeners to our discussions might come away with the feeling that we just criticize everything, that we just have a negative perspective <laughs> on the current state of education. Uh, and in a lot of cases, that's true. But we don't in any way want to give the impression that, you know, we're pessimistic or or that, yeah, we don't want to want people to come away from our discussions feeling negative or feeling pessimistic about education or teaching. And I think you mentioned that it's important for us that parents and teachers don't take from our discussions that either they're ruining their children, you know, by sending them to, to <laughs> certain types of schools or that teachers are, and you've mentioned this in the past, are oppressed young people and children <laughs> you know like yes our, our 
our goal is not to create such a you know sort of dramatic um, you know atmosphere of, of discourse, but we want to be honest at the same time. We want to be you know to authentically express our concerns. Yeah, I, I and I I think I I feel like a lot of times the tone of uh, we really got to relax and take a step back and kind of recognize the uh, the potential of youth like regardless of our intervention right um, I feel like a lot of times my sort of mode uh, comes across as like oh we're screwing everything up and I, <laughs> and I just like yeah I, I regret giving that tone because for me it's like I'm optimistic in fact I'm optimistic I'd be optimistic if we were doing nothing <laughs> like, I would, <laughs> right. I'd say we, yeah you know we'll you know the 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 youth will 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 work through this they'll figure this out and so uh, I think what I uh, I think the tone gets where it gets for me sometimes because it feels like uh, we're forgetting like the basic thing here which is like these are like education is a system set up for full human beings not right. like partial human beings yeah and and so that's where you know that sort of anger comes in of like uh, you know I, I feel like these this important ethical uh, situation is not appreciated with some of our educational decisions. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. For me, it's 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 not a pessimism. I, you know, I'm not all doom and gloom about education and, and what the result is going to be. I, like you, you know, I think things will generally work out. I think I said before, uh, in reference to Jurassic Park, you know, when that guy says <laughs> life will yeah. find a way, I, I yeah. you know, I really believe that learning finds a way. Yeah, yeah. And really, that's that's just the bottom line. So for me, the frustration doesn't come from, I, I don't think that anyone's humanity is going to be <laughs> absolutely crushed. Although that, you know, I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But just as a general rule, school is not that bad, right? That it, it destroys people or something. It just It's just an opportunity to realize some potential. And it's frustrating when when you feel that there are pretty obvious and natural things that, that can be done that are not being done or the opposite of it is being done that limits that potential. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And really the humanity that I'm most concerned about is our own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's I'm, a good point. Like, that's a good point. <laughs> that's where you can find the crust humanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. right. I'm not worried about the student yeah. humanity. But but yeah, which is... Uh, but yeah, I, I think there's there's obviously things that we can do to uh, improve our efforts, uh, you know, in civilization and, and, and a good educational system, I think, is uh, is important so that we're not just starting from square one all the time. Right. Yeah, I guess we should, like, uh, maybe get to our topic or we can keep talking <laughs> about, about this. Yeah, I like this topic. No, but we should. This is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is just our ongoing theme. We, I, I think, we just have to cleanse ourselves, you know, every once in a while yeah. of this negativity and yeah. this feeling that we're yeah. just perpetual critics of everything. Right, right. <laughs> now let's <laughs> criticize marketing. Yeah, of yeah science. Exactly. Let's get back to <laughs> <laughs> what we really enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the problem with science then, Sean? <laughs> and of course, we don't. 
Yeah, I, I took it so, back to that that <laughs> that uh, maybe confusing area where it seems like we're criticizing science, which we're not. But what's the problem with, yeah. with marketing educational approaches by saying that they're based on science? Well, yeah, and it's like, <clears throat> and it could be like it could be a problem with like a specific scientific effort, right? Yeah. So it's not like you know, it's not like we just give it a pass. But uh, um, but it's really uh, the the workbook that we got, and it was like I remember it clearly as a published workbook with like a few. You, you know, quotes on the back, too, mm-hmm. from, you know, teachers who are like, oh, yeah, it's all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this might have been more enthusiastic. Right, praise, I'm sure. But, um, but, uh, but, yeah, I think the, uh, the start of any discussion... Which I, th- I think the reason maybe uh, maybe the thing I'll address is why are professional development like weak uh, days of, of, of professional development right before the school year, why do teachers come into them so cynically? And I think it's because, like, as a teacher, there's the only, like, modern approach uh, is to approach teaching in a humane way. Mm-hmm. It's um, And when you're in the classroom, you're dealing with full human beings. Right. And so anything that you bring into the classroom, uh, any good teacher realizes that like you're just part of what, like it, at best, you're going to put something out there that the student will either allow it to work for him or her, or it will yeah. not allow right. it to work. Right. It's and, a really delicate uh, balance and, and situation. It's this, right, this relationship. Right. Right. And if you look at it in terms of manipulation uh, of students, or in terms, or, or doing anything where the agency of the students is reduced, then you know. And if it just, if your professional development session just seems like a, this is how you get the students to do X. Yeah. Well, then then you're like violating a like a, a fundamental principle that's like built into most teachers and why teachers got into education in the first place. Right. Uh, which is that they see young people as uh, humans worthy of this kind of special attention and and they want to be there with them as they grow. Right. Uh, not to turn them into something right. necessarily. And, yeah. And I'll just make this distinction, at least good teachers, which I think, <laughs> you know. Good teachers. That's, right. that's, which is not a small yeah. percentage of teachers, I, I would say, or at least those who have really the potential to be good teachers, those who are good teachers, I would say is probably most uh, teachers. Yeah. You know? Most people who stick around in it yeah. probably have something like uh, some earnestness. Right. Uh, because right. it's. Because <laughs> that's the thing that keeps you there is that relationship with, with the students. Right. Right. Yeah. And so the. Yeah. So if we're. Uh, what are we backing by science? I think that's, you know, when I saw that, I, I'm like, like, what, we, we've sort of jumped. We've jumped so far ahead. I mean, it's like, it, it's almost like it was telling me you have to redefine how you think about teaching. Don't yeah. think of it as a relationship. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, th- th- think, think of it as yeah. an experiment right. that can be carried out. Right, exactly. And yeah, there's an implicit narrative there. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you if you want. No, it's fine. Yeah, I was just going to say, there's an implicit narrative there that's that's the sort of narrative of the place of science and the progress of, of human knowledge, which in some cases that I think that narrative is, is, you know, very appropriate, but in some, in a lot of cases it's not, uh, which is this story that until human beings perfected the scientific method to the extent, you know, that they have, uh, today, 
they were mostly victims and vulnerable to their subjectivity, right, and their imagination. And, and uh, they would make a lot of mistakes or come up with, with false theories of cause and effect based on just pure speculation, yeah. right? And a lot of times I see this referenced, you know, if you look back to ancient thinkers who tried to posit some theory about nature, right, about uh, weather or whatever natural phenomena that they would observe, they would say, here's what's at the basis base of it. Here's what's happening. Here's the cause and effect. And now, you know, when we look back on that, like after having acquired the tools of, of uh, scientific experimentation, it's kind of laughable, right? Like some of the explanations right, that right. were there. And, and and whatever predictions you would make based on those, expl- on those theories would be equally kind of uh, ridiculous. And so I think there's this idea, right, that until science comes into you know the field you're just sort of speculating based on nothing right you're just yeah. you're just dreaming coming up with things just sort of whatever like i've seen it stated this way that that educational theory um for a long time was the domain of philosophers right and they would just yeah. kind of dream up you know whatever they wanted and 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 people would go with that and and implement things based on that but now we're in the in the the time you know in the age where education can be based on science right right which again we're not totally dismissing that idea that that science has no place you know in informing educational practice but i think it's the the presence of this this overall narrative that's problematic which which tells the teacher who up until then apparently hasn't been you know whose practices haven't <laughs> right. been based on science right <laughs> if this thing that's being you know proposed to you is is very different from from what you normally do that your subjectivity is the problem yeah right but it's that very subjectivity that that allows you makes it possible for you to develop those relationships with those students and and the, the right. subjectivity of the students is what makes it possible for them to learn right and engage yeah. in in education so this problem problematiz- <laughs> problematizing of subjectivity which also you can see it in in, in things like standardized testing uh yeah uh, is basically making a problem out of something that's at the core of of education and learning ah yes well put <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i think the uh well yeah do you have more Let no me... okay i'm done <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, because I don't want to jump in with something uh, when you were on like such a, a clear path towards uh, um, uh, elucidating the the issue here. Uh, I I I find that the yeah the the difficulty is uh, in in just bringing in the science as the apparent first step right. is what uh, is really where you where you have to be cautious like that that's where you're changing the nature of the uh, of the enterprise of education right um, and, uh, and yes yeah, it's, it's, it's precisely as you say subjectivity is at the core of this right and so and then there's there's this kind of war <laughs> if I can use such terms yeah. war on subjectivity right like yeah. as if that's that's <laughs> the this is the cancer right like uh, uh, eating away at what do cancers do? This is they, they grow they grow uncontrollably. Right, yeah, and and this uh, is why, for example, we're not getting the results that we should be getting from our education system. Uh, and and so I guess we should talk about like what kind of form this scientific approach typically takes, which I think you you mentioned uh, about it's, it takes a kind of manipulative approach, or and even in in one um, session of 
professional development that we participated in, the instructor even used the term, which he, I don't know if he coined the term or he claimed to have coined the term, <laughs> but he said facilitation manipulation. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is, yeah, facility manipulation was another one of those low points for us where we <laughs> right. were like, oh God. Like <laughs> Yeah. And it, as I imagine it was for a lot of a lot of people. Yeah. And it was the kind of way he was pleased with himself at Right, right, right. That was <laughs> also <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good it's term. Funny. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. It, it, it's a funny term, but it, the fact is, is it was like a <laughs> totally serious concept. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is a play on the idea, the the sort of more traditional idea that, that teachers are facilitators, right? That right. There's the right. student you're working with who is going to run into problems and challenges and obstacles in, uh, you know, development and learning, and that the teacher's there to make that job a little easier, right, in any way that they can through guidance or through, you know, helping and instruction. Uh, but here the idea is to take that natural relationship of uh, uh, facilitating, and it's kind of opportunistic thing, right? Because it's like, that's normal, facilitating, and, and, and the teachers, right. all teachers would see themselves as facilitators. But adding this manipulation to it is sort of the idea of taking advantage of that that moment of, of uh, facilitating and pointing it in, in the direction that maybe, I don't know, like science tells you like it should go or um, or science helps you to do this facility manipulation, you know, better. And actually, these might be two different uh, things getting mixed up in my mind. So like, what's your memory of the kind of purport of facility manipulation? I, I don't I don't remember specifically how that was presented. Right. I, like, in my mind, it's like, um, let me try to tie this all together all right. um, so that I can clear my mind. For, for me, like, facilitate, to facilitate something, still, like, that is like a, a low degree of removing agency from someone else. Right. It's like, uh, maybe, like, there's a tacit agreement in place that, you know, someone gives up uh, their agency for better facilitation. But that, that's not really the situation that all the students are in. And then manipulate is of course like a complete disregard of the agency right. of another person right. um, and so for me it's like this a word that that uh, that is trying to say oh well you know we've got two things going on here but both things are uh, uh, both concepts are concepts where the facilitator or manipulator has the power right right yeah neither yeah neither one of those indicates any sort of power to the other party right and and I think like, to, to bring this back to this, my, my earlier comment about the experiment, there's nothing wrong with experimenting on children. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> the, the problem, the problem is, uh, is if the if that the children have no say in it. That's where right. the problem is. Right. right. It's like, okay, you know, like oh, everyone knows we're going to try this lesson. Oh, you're having trouble with this. Let's try it this way. And right. everyone knows. Everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Right. We're going to experiment and do things differently. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, yeah, but the facility manipulate thing is sort of like uh, it's just it's just showing that like we're trying to remove all power from the yeah, children. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and completely uh, let's get them to learn without them even realizing right. that they're learning. Short circuit it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I was just thinking as you were talking about the difference between facilitating and manipulating is that um, 
like there is an agreement, you know, a sort of tacit agreement between the teacher and the student that the teacher will facilitate, right? But what, like you mentioned, right. it it does. It's the student kind of uh, giving over a bit of his or her agency to the teacher. But right. you, it's hard to imagine a situation where people are agreeing to be manipulated. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Like that has to be completely unstated and hidden, in yeah. fact. Right. And and, uh, and and I think that's a lot of this, you know, the so-called science, right, the information or, or insights gained by science for education do kind of they tend to be this flavor of science where or this kind of flavor of information or approaches where it uh, you don't have to worry so much about the agency or the subjectivity of the student because these things are going to come in and make happen what you need to happen. Right. Like, for example, if you teach this uh, it'd be great if we had some concrete examples. That would have been good preparation <laughs> for this discussion. But the thing that comes to my mind is is behavioralism, right? Like conditioning. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and I think that's probably, you know, this this is where I need to improve my knowledge of, you know, the history of educational theory and things like that. But that's probably one of the uh, more significant or noteworthy, uh, um, let's say, like examples of science being injected into educational, you know, teaching practice and things like that. And, um, but with that, you know, with the idea there is that obviously it it taps into this, to humans as, as, um, you know, beings or as organisms who, who will react unthinkingly to things like automatically to things. Right. Right. And which is a kind of short, short circuit, short circuiting of their subjectivity, of their consciousness. And, and I think that tends to be, you know, from my experience and what I've observed tends to be the kind of approach of something that when it says, when it's claimed, claims that it's backed by science, because you could have a different type of scientific research into issues and questions that are significant to education, which focuses on the subject, the importance of the agency of students, right? It's not like that's unscientific uh, to study right. that, but that doesn't seem to be typically, you know, the, the area of interest <laughs> of these things. It seems to be a, a, an approach that wants to get around that messiness, right? Like like some an approach that's backed by science is typically not going to be an approach that makes education seem like a, a difficult and messy process where you're dealing with conscious individuals. Yeah. It, it, it kind of falls... I mean, I, I don't think we really need examples, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you there, but it falls under... and Like, it, it, it looks a lot like animal behavioralism right and and a failure to like recognize the important distinction between like training a dog <laughs> right and and educating a human where you never expect like you never expect a if you if you take on the ownership of a dog then yeah. that that dog's actions are your responsibility for the entire life of the dog <laughs> right right yeah. can i, I mean, just mention something right here like cuz i want you to yeah, talk yeah. about this about <laughs> how in your as a dog owner you <laughs> <laughs> I think informed by your experience as a teacher, you know, you told me once about yeah, uh, <laughs> do you know about how you you know your dog maybe uh, engages in some behavior that's not you know uh, preferred, right? And you you thought to yourself, let me just give him some time to think about what's <laughs> you know, <laughs> to see how this turns out and learn learn yeah. from the consequences, right? Right, right, yeah, and yeah, yeah, 
and yeah, it, no, I mean it's yeah, it, it is like I have this strong instinct to to treat uh, you know dog rearing just like I treat like educating right. uh, a human, and and that re- you know that results in like predictably stupid situations where you want to lecture the dog <laughs> right um, <laughs> <laughs> to realize the errors of its ways right, right. <laughs> yeah. and and like the the capacities are you know and I mean I think like this. I mean, this this gets deep with me. Like it's it's like I can present it comically hap- happily, but I I also like have reservations about how to uh, properly train an animal in an right. ethical way, right. and, and to the point where I'm like, why do I even have a dog? <laughs> you know, I'm like right. I'm just yeah. like tearing myself up about this because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's like uh, I I want the basic uh, uh, things to be in place that are you know rewards and punishments, right? The behavioral behavioral to, things, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, various conditioning practices. Right. I want those. I, like I, I I have those assumed in the background, right? And I, and I want to be able to say like, look, this isn't me imposing a consequence on you. This is the <laughs> natural consequence. Very love and logic, right? Right. 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 <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, and I mean, like, uh, it, it's, it's made me, I think, I, I think I'm a fairly decent, like human teacher, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think it's made me like a very handicapped, like dog trainer. Right. And uh, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because I think, uh, you know, the opposite is all also true of, of someone who approaches training human beings the same way would, that would be appropriate typically as, right. you know. You know, because dogs are living amongst human beings. So there's a lot of things about the situation that make this appropriate, right? Whereas if the right, dogs right. were, you know, in a natural environment and not domesticated, it would be a different story. But uh, but there are a lot of, th- if someone approaches human beings in that same way, uh, it's going to result, you know, in, in my opinion, and I think it's pretty clear, you know, I just say in my opinion to give that uh, tone of humility. <laughs> but... <laughs> Check that box off. Yeah, now check tell that us box. How it yeah, is. done. <laughs> but in my opinion, it's going to result in equally sort of absurd situations, right? Where, right, um, because you're dealing with with a creature that has different capacities, different uh, consciousness, right? Like just just different um, abilities. And and to yeah. now, that's not to say that human beings don't. You know, they do also. They can be conditioned, right? So it's not to deny that that dimension of 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 people. It's also there, and so it's it's you know, there's a lot of truth to the idea that the behavior uh, of human beings can be dramatically influenced through those same methods that that people train uh, animals like a dog. But um, but the the result, like like you know, we've said this is going back to the frustration is is that to reduce human education to that is is like a it's such a an injustice, right? Right. Yeah, it's um you you it it does seem like you can um well, <laughs> it's obvious that you can more easily reduce a human being to like um to re- responding like you would train a dog right than than the other way around. Then elevate a dog. <laughs> I don't know why I had to say that. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but that like yeah, that's a problem, right? It's a problem to to not recognize the uh, the, the ultimate expectations. I think are are what we have to have in mind of yeah. of uh, of agency and responsibility right. and uh, contribution to uh, the community in a wider sense. Right. Um, you know, those are those are expectations we rightly have for for young people. Right. 
So, uh, <laughs> so reducing them to behavioral uh, ring a bell and salivate is uh, is obviously uh, working against that. Right, uh, and also, goals. yeah, I think it's a good point. What you made is that like uh, you can a person can feel that they're experiencing success in in treating human beings with those same you know behavioralist and conditioning approaches or limiting you know their the training to those things. They can experience they can feel that they've been successful, which is exactly what makes it so dangerous, right? Like whereas with your dog. <clears throat> If you, you know, use, let's say you treat, uh, you know, the training of a dog like the training of a human being in the sense that, you know, you're trying to, like, improve its intellect, you know, its ability to reason and, you know, and its uh, ethical character and things like that, you're going to fail, right? So there's there's nothing about that that's going to make you probably feel that, that you were successful if you're trying to train a, a domesticated uh, dog. But like with human beings, you can sort of feel that you've been successful, and that's what makes it dangerous and what makes it, I think, un- unethical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what else you got, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 I just started to think about like, um, so behavioralism, of course, is like, it's sort of made, it's like attributed to B.F. Skinner, right? right. But the, but the, uh, the idea of like treating students, <clears throat> it, it's funny, I, I was trying to think about like, when does something become like scientific? Yeah. Right. Because it's 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 not like Skinner was the first one to uh, to notice that if you um, if you provide a reward or, or or not this reward punishment, I think, is operant, isn't it? Operant conditioning. Um, yeah, but, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the stimulus. Right. The stimulus right. can uh, uh, can produce a certain behavior. Right. Right. Um, but but he's the one who's like, okay, let's laboratory test it. And it reminds me of that passage that you sent me about the scribe schools. Yeah, in where, ancient Egypt. In ancient Egypt, yeah, where where the uh, <laughs> I guess the quote from the hieroglyphics yeah. from the schoolmaster <laughs> right. uh, is something along the lines of like you have to you have to beat the the student um, because the, the the young man's ear is on his back. Right. And it's something right. He'll only listen to the terrible one who beats image, him. Yeah. huh? He'll only yeah, listen he to, the to the one that beats him. Yeah, yeah, that beats him. Right, right. And so I, I was thinking about that. Like, uh, so the, I mean, you said, "What else do I got?" I don't know if I've got anything else, but I was trying to think about, like, well, when right. does it become like science? Because I feel like that's, you know, it's not the same thing that Skinner was doing exactly, right. but it is the, it is the, oh, I'll get this behavioral response if I do this. Right, right. Um, yeah, you know, four thousand years ago. Right. Yeah, I think that's just the that's just the natural observation that you know that people make through experience that becomes systematized and. Uh, uh, more disciplined in right in like scientific experimentation and uh, which is another good point really because like um, because what teachers do right anyway which leads them to their conclusions like for ex- for example the conclusions that you you and I have about forming the relationship with the students is based on experience right it's not some kind of daydream right you know we didn't <laughs> like it's not like you know uh, we went off you know like uh, Descartes or something <laughs> you know sitting by the fire you know you just started like thinking like what is teaching right right or, or like <laughs> you know like what 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 you know what do you have to do to be a good teacher and and you just come up with like you know relationships okay and then you know you you go do it's because of engaging in teaching and and the experience of working with students you know in trial and error and you see the effects of certain 
you know, uh, actions. And, you know, sometimes it leads to success and, and other times it leads to, you know, to failure. And, and you come to these empirical conclusions, right? Um, and so it's now it's not scientific in that strict sense, but it is, I guess you could call it empirical. It's it's based on experience right. and, you know, and, and observation and, you know, and coming to conclusions. And then you make predictions, you know, very informal, informal predictions, and you base your actions on that and you see what happens. Um, and and, well, I th- and it's like yeah. uh, and there's nothing about there's nothing about that's laboratory conditions right right, right. and I, you know I think what like this is also another important point about that is that I don't know like it it doesn't seem to be possible to me to uh, like that laboratory conditions are so strict right like to isolate one variable for example that that is so such a like so far removed from the classroom environment <laughs> right and the teaching environment right. that. Because every teacher knows you're dealing with so many variables all at the same time. And uh, yeah, if you just want to pick one of those variables and isolate it and, and see what you get, that's great, you know, and probably useful, you know, to some extent uh, after other people do experiments on every every other variable, <laughs> you know, and like there's a, you know, uh, uh, all this data is collected and then someone somehow, you know, goes through it and, and uh, tries to understand and, and describe and, and analyze the interaction between these different variables. And then maybe there there could be some understanding of the situation of teaching. But I don't know, like that's that's. Um, it's not like because there's human beings, there are human beings involved, there's there's subjectivity involved. Yeah, like it just seems like so much uh, that is unpredictable and that, yeah, I guess, I don't know, I'm just rambling now, but <laughs> it seems <laughs> it's, it seems like whatever whatever conclusions can be, you know, can be arrived at through scientific experimentation is, are going to be necessarily so narrow and so limited that to then say this is what a teacher needs to do uh, should be, you know, immediately suspect. Right. Yeah. I. But this kind of reminds it, me of it, it, just sorry. This, this kind of reminds me of I think when I was a kid or you know several years you know ago they used to say that chess, for example, is so complex that uh, a computer would never be able to beat a human being. Right. Right. Uh, because there's so many variables. But obviously right, that's right. been you know <laughs> disproven. That, you know that claim. Uh, and so someone might say, yeah, okay, you're saying that classroom and teaching situation is so complex that only a human being can can properly, you know, <laughs> process it, right, and make yeah. all the right moves. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't think that's what we're saying. Right. Are we saying that? I don't know. Yeah, I've started thinking maybe that's what I'm saying and so that's why I had that doubt. Yeah, I I feel like you're you're getting there, but but let me uh so the thing you said about Descartes makes me want to ride to Descartes. I know you weren't uh, uh attacking them but i still right. want to defend them okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the um yeah i think it it just points to the 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 need to have that uh recognition so in philosophical terms like a, a rationalist which is the the cartesian like meditations where you're just pondering right uh things and 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 coming to conclusions purely from that uh uh, exercise and and reason and and thinking about things uh, rather than experimenting or, or right. gathering data uh, versus the empirical approach. But I I think what we're I actually think what we're trying to do is is a lot of times we're trying to take sort of the rationalist conclusions about what it is to be a human being. Yeah. Uh, and we're trying to make sure that that's embedded in, in any sort of uh, empirical. Uh, approach to education right like the, the, we just can't forget about uh, any sort of uh, 
what we might consider the essence of being human. Right. Yeah. Like the and 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 I and that that I think is uh is is the trouble with just throwing something out there and saying like oh it's you know we have a we have research on this we have we have data on right. this yeah um it's like okay that's fine but like it's only applicable in so far as it supports the uh the effort to cr- uh, uh to support the essence of a human being as right. we understand yeah. it yeah I think that's a really good you know uh, point that you made like really appropriate and and it takes us back to you know, I haven't read uh, B.F. Skinner's work directly, so you know, I can't really comment on how uh, true this or how appropriate this criticism is. But one thing I've heard him criticized for is that his work and his theories, you know, uh, present the human being as just this sort of stimulus response uh, organism. Right. Right. And it, it affects the view of the human being, essentially. Right. right? But the, the point is, is that um, I guess, you know, like I think what you and I would agree on, maybe some people would disagree on, is that you can't get to the essence of a human being through just, you know, whatever can be known through scientific experimentation. Right. Uh, it's not possible to discover the essence of the human being through through science. Well, and even if. Uh, yeah. All right. But let's say. But and just a devil's advocate real quick here. Let's say that there's someone out there listening who's like, well, all we are are uh, uh, are systems that uh, take an input and give certain outputs right. based upon like uh, material uh, interactions. Well, okay, like you can have that view for yourself, but you're, I think you're not permitted to impose that view. Right. I think that's the the, the critical problem uh, that you, you mean run like eth- into. ethically. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah it leads not, to all kinds not... of evils, you know, potential evils, if that's yeah. if that's the case. Um, right. And and I think this is the yeah. I, I think this is really closely related to the kinds of things that I would characterize as evils. You know, in 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 how <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> This is close to the things that I would characterize as evils in the implementation of education. Although now I'm very much aware that I'm going down, you know, like this very doom and gloom <laughs> path that, you know, I said at the beginning that, that we were trying to avoid. But, you know, OK, just taken in that context that we're not saying that, you know, if you're a teacher who who, who your practices are informed by, um, you know, uh, condition, you know, like by theories of conditioning um or if you're a parent who sends your child to such a school or whatever, you know, that you're an evil person or, or something like that. But I guess this is why, you know, we feel that we have to be very careful is because they lead down these roads that if we, if we you know, take them to their logical conclusions, it leads to such a, like, mechanical or, you know, um, unconscious or, you know, lacking a, a, a view of the human being where their consciousness is not important, right? Their agency is not important. Their subjectivity is not important. And those seem to be dangerous areas to, to go into because when human beings are objectified, that's when they can just be treated like objects. This happily brings me to, <laughs> <laughs> we had an earlier effort at this and we were throwing out that episode and, and it happily allows me to bring in uh, an example that uh, that we discussed last time, which is like, think about this in terms of a marriage, right? Yeah. Like if you're, if you're working on your marriage and you're, uh, and you decide that the best way to <laughs> fix your marriage is to manipulate the brain chemistry of your spouse. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, like in that situation, it would be obvious that 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 removing someone else's subjectivity, consciousness, agency, right, and all of that would be problematic, right? Yeah, uh, and, and it, it should be just as apparent, right? Um, and in education, and and I think that's uh, I think that's what 
we would draw people's attention to. Right, right. Or just, yeah, like, I think that, yeah, that's a great example. And you would consider someone who did that as being, like, psychopathic or, you know, having, like, like really, <laughs> <laughs> like, lacking in some really important empathy, you know. <laughs> um, but, like, also, you know, if just, you know, the ethical principle of treating other people the way, you know, you would like like to be treated, that, you know, is there anyone out there who who wants others to just treat them as an object, <laughs> you know, and like manipulate them? And uh, is there anyone who would be satisfied with that type of treatment, like knowing that that's the way they're being seen and and, uh, and treated? I don't think so. Yeah. Let that, me answer that. that yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, it, and if you would be, then uh, stay out of education, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's one thing that we didn't mention, which I think we'd be remiss if we don't uh, point this out, because educators will be much will be um, very familiar with this, which is that a lot of this based on science stuff in, in education today is really not about behavioralism and, and all that. It's more about um, neuroscience and where the brain science, as they refer yeah. to it, and and about studying the brain, scanning it, and and seeing, you know, like, for instance, which areas of the brain uh, light up with activity under which kinds of, you know, situations or scenarios or whatever, which is more, much more sophisticated, I, you know, I guess, and it probably is, is more scientific. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it does have a lot of the same problems. Like, if you really look at what's going on is, is which, you know, it, it takes out, maybe, you know, substitutes the subjectivity of the person with something closer to, you know, that person's subjectivity, which is brain activity, right? Right. And it may seem like, okay, that's not as um, potentially harmful, uh, but there is still a reduction of, of that person and their agency to like the, the responses, the, you know, physically, physical measurable responses of their brain rather than, for example, asking them. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Like talking to them. Well, and again, it goes towards uh, making sure that the person that you're experimenting or that you've got experimental ideas for that that person's uh, aware and <laughs> consenting. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, like if I, I just imagine if, um, you know, my... Uh, boss or supervisor, the person who's like in charge of my work comes to me and says, hey, you know, uh, we studied your brain, right? And we figured out how to get you to do the things like you need to do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We just need you to sign this form. And like from now on, that's going to be our approach to you is we're just going to stimulate your brain. And, uh, you know, we don't need to worry about like all these discussions and, (laughs) you know, convincing you and, and all this stuff anymore. Uh, we're just going to hook up these, uh, you know, these probes or something, or right, you know, <laughs> to you, and just stimulate your brain, and and you'll be happy. Don't worry, you know, you'll be totally yeah. satisfied and happy with with what's going on. And I, I, yeah, like I don't think I would sign up for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yet, uh, yet, for, sadly, I can imagine a classroom where that's that's the system, right? Um, <laughs> because we <laughs> we work so hard to control students right. that someday we'll just have them plug in and we'll have buttons on our desks. And like, <laughs> you're you're not learning. Right. Start learning. Which, by the way, I'll admit, I, I had you know daydreams about that <laughs> as a teacher. <laughs> when it, yeah. On those days when it was particularly hard to you know, do what I felt like needed to be done, you know, and, and control yeah, my students. I, I feel like I might be drawing that image from something you've said in the past. So. <laughs> like instead of, you know, continually having to tell a student to like stop talking or, or have a right. seat, <laughs> <laughs> just push a button, you know. 
You do not have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if we just, you know, Jedi mind tricks, if we learn those, (laughs) be able to handle it. You do like reading Shakespeare. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not not reading, deciphering. Deciphering, yeah. There's another episode for us right there. Yeah. Our, Our efforts to change students' attitudes by changing the language. Yeah. Which, I mean, would that be facile manip- manipulation? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I think w- that might have been. Um, I, I don't know. That's Well, I think we explained it. I, I think that's, that's maybe is one distinguishing yeah, characteristic. We did yeah, we yeah. said, like, the word reading has been ruined for you, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we proceeded to ruin the word deciphering. Yeah. So let's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. So now, now they have two ruined words. <laughs> right. They have no way of engaging in text yeah. unless we unless you gotta learn learn some new languages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was that was big fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean. Well, and I think um, that was a good conversation. I appreciate it. <laughs> I think we yeah, can. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Probably uh, ended here, uh, but we got plenty more to talk about, of course. And so we thank our listeners for joining us. And thank you, Sean. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Stop.